2: Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.
3: Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
4: The Pro Day experience is uh, its happening all week long. We've seen Ohio State, Alabama, and now Will Levis and the Kentucky Wildcats will take the field at 1 p.m. Eastern in Lexington. You can catch it on NFL Plus, as well as Florida's next week, their Pro Day. Anthony Richardson is the quarterback with a lot of questions. People want to know much more about him and his skill set. You can see that March 30th, 1130 a.m. Eastern. Again, NFL Plus is where you're going to catch everything. Look at that. We have Divided to Conquer. Good morning football in the 9 o'clock hour. We are live here in New York City Friday, March 24th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. Here's Kyle Brandt. Jason McCourty, Tom Pelissero down the hallway. We are here to play our little game of Hook and Lateral. Are you excited about this Princeton basketball game tonight?
3: Very excited. Uh, For some reason, Jason McCourty has become a huge fan of Creighton basketball, and I think he's doing it to be a jerk Mm. and to ruin my dreams. But Mm -hmm. Jason, that's what it's all about. That's fine. Being the antagonist—that's usually my role. Yeah. (laughs) Go Creighton. Go (laughs) Go (laughs) (laughs) Creighton. What's Creighton's mascot, Jason? The Blue Jays. All right. It's Julie Block. (laughs) Block. Tom, uh,
4: before we get to uh, Hook and Lateral, let's just make sure we have covered our bases with. With, uh, Lamar Jackson yeah. what has gone on in the last 20 hours.
5: Lamar Jackson had a bit of a bizarre twist in his saga of being franchise-tagged and potentially being able to sign an offer sheet with a new team. In recent days, there was word spreading within the league that someone was reaching out to clubs on behalf of Lamar Jackson, which is not allowed because that person is not an NFLPA-certified agent. So this is what played out on Twitter yesterday. Initially, there was the memo which i tweeted out explaining that a man named ken francis had been speaking to teams and trying to get persuade them to sign an offer sheet uh, sign lamar to an offer sheet violation of this rule may result in disapproval of any offer sheet or resulting player contract entered into by mr jackson and the new club i then tried to summarize everything that we had just learned by noting that Ken Francis is a Florida man who most recently was pitching a home fitness invention now trying to negotiate a nine-figure contract with NFL teams or being told not to negotiate with him because he's not a certified agent. Lamar within moments saw that quote tweeted and said stop lying that man never tried to negotiate for me. Many people took that to mean that this was just some guy trying to run a scam on NFL teams. But minutes after that, in a tweet we will not show you because it's an infomercial, Lamar said that, yes, his business partner, Ken and he, are dropping that new home fitness invention coming up this summer, so stay tuned. All of which leaves us with a situation where Lamar Jackson, who does not have an agent, can continue to talk to teams. That can go on a potential offer sheet, can be executed all the way out until the Tuesday following week 10 of the regular season. If it gets that far, obviously that is still a long, long ways away. A lot of different directions this potentially can go. Does Lamar end up playing on the tag? Does he work out a new deal? Does he get an offer sheet from another team to the Ravens match, said offer sheet. What we do know is that Ken Francis definitely can't be the one negotiating that or not negotiating it or persuading with teams because <laughs> it's against the rules. This is not a new rule from the NFL. Those rules are in place to protect players, make sure the people representing them are certified. And so that's where we land as we await that new home fitness invention, guys.
4: Thank you, Tom. Those are the rules of the game as the PA has uh, set out. So, Ken Francis, you can't sit with us. Uh, it's Friday, so we're going to play our game hook and lateral. All right. We all spread out here in New York. Will is going to join us from L.A. as well. We're going to toss questions back and forth. You get sixty seconds on the clock to answer. Jason. Yep. You have to go first. And this is a pick and choose your battles kind of question. Next week, you come back and go morning football all week long, 15 hours of television. You have to talk about one of these two guys the entire week. Mm. Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson, whose topic are you leaning into next week?
6: Really? This is how we're starting it off? This is the question you're going to ask me, Lamar or Aaron Rodgers? It feels like we've probably talked about both guys enough already, but we will be back here next week, and we'll be dissecting both of them. I look at these two guys, and I'm like, all right, if I want to talk about them, which one is going to have some news first? Is the Aaron Rodgers trade going to happen? Is there going to be an offer sheet for Lamar? I'm going to have to go with Aaron Rodgers. I'd rather talk about the darkness retreat and everything going on, Nathaniel Hackett, the weapons that the New York Jets are adding in preparation for said Aaron Rodgers gone. I don't want to talk about a gym on a high school field. I don't want to talk about whether Lamar has an agent, needs an agent. There's so much going on and obviously we have no idea what Lamar and his camp is doing. So I would much rather focus on Aaron Rodgers as the Jets because the Jets said that they want Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers says that he wants the Jets and the Green Bay Packers have said they want Jordan Love. So at least we know somebody's desire in that situation. But that's enough of Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. Let's talk about Tom Brady. That's the part we want to talk about. Will, you're out there on the West Coast. Mm. Tom is becoming part owner of WNBA's Las Vegas Aces. Will, which sports franchise would you be owner of? And what
0: would be your first move? Well, the easy answer would be the 49ers, the Warriors or Giants, but I'm not going to go that route. No, I'm going to go with FC Richmond. I really admire what Rebecca Weldon has done with the club as well as Ted Lasso. I, too, also hate her ex, Rupert. I think he's completely smug. But I see that now she's changed her mindset now with getting Zava, she's very direct with her approach. So if I was co-owner with her, I would go out and try to get either Kylian Mbappe or Captain America Christian Pulisic. Now, what I would do is get Ted, Rebecca, myself, all sit down, and I would just start to get to know them. Say, listen, if you're sitting behind or you're in the back of the plane and the plane lands, are you going to go beelining it through the aisle? If the elevator doors are open, are you going to be bum-rushing it before people come out? If you are at the gym, are you wiping off the equipment and putting back the weights? And then I would ask, would you guys ever consider bringing a travel blender on a plane? (laughs) <laughs> What's the deal there? It's the question. Either way, we learn a lot about those players. That's what I would do. Sure do. Kyle, you've been sure. watching the NCAA tournament, yeah. obviously, very yeah. closely. Your Princeton Tigers are making an incredible run. We saw UCLA Gonzaga with a very exciting game. What's your favorite event you've ever attended to live?
3: Thank you, Will, for the question. I, I remember the event and I remember the date. It was February 8th, 2018, and I've got to do some cool things just through the NFL. I don't know if I've ever done anything cooler than covering for the network the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl parade. Oh, I'm there in Philly. It was freezing. They had just won the Super Bowl. Siciliano is tossing it to me from the studio, and I'm doing hits at the parade. It's great. <laughs> you know, until the fourth quarter against the Chiefs, I thought I was going to be able to cover another one. And then yeah, you was know, just that whole thing. Uh, I've never been offered more things to eat, drink, ingest. I was offered everything. Everything under the sun. Wow. Favors, you name it. Uh, let's go to Tom. Uh, John Wick. <laughs> Chapter four. Tom, the NFL players love the John Wick movies. They're really cool, and they're all flashy, and they're crazy violent, and it's Keanu. Chapter four is coming out in theaters today. So, Tom, in honor of that, what is the major motion picture
5: that you feel like everyone has seen except you? There is a long list of these, Kyle. We'll start out with a few good men. I think I've seen a few clips of it. I know, like, the basic lines. Never seen the movie all the way through. Titanic, I don't have four hours. It's probably never going to happen. I've never seen Major League. Again, seen clips, generally familiar with the concept. It's a baseball movie. You'd think that would be right up my alley as a kid. Never saw that once. Uh, I've never seen Days of Thunder. I started it. It basically seemed like it was Top Gun, but in cars. I just got, like, 20 minutes in. Couldn't continue going on that. Crimson Tide. Never seen that movie either. I've never seen the movie Seven. I I keep a file in my iPhone just to remind myself, like, on those very rare, extremely rare nights where I'm alone, kids in bed, wife out with friends, whatever, and I have the energy and I don't have too much work to do to, like, try to find something like, where is this obscure, not even obscure movie, just an older movie streaming that I could watch that that I need to. We're trying to check them off very slowly. Still never seen Beverly Hills Cop 2. I just saw one like a month ago on a plane. It's so like we're gradually making our way through. I just uh, watched 1980s, Top Gun 2, 1 and 2, so I was catching up myself. So mm. I, Kyle I, I guilted me into watching the original Top Gun like six months ago, I think <laughs> it, was. it was. It was pretty good. Not bad at all. Uh, Jamie, Nick Saban says Bryce Young plays the quarterback position like a point guard. Which point guard do you think would make the best quarterback?
4: Yeah, the reverse. The reverse. And right. then I had to look at the list of great point guards, which was very fun for me to do. But one stood out to me. Because when you really consider what it would take to be a great NFL quarterback, I, I can't go anywhere but six foot eight and 220 pounds and... Magic, magic johnson yeah, sure. you gotta go magic because not only is he arguably the greatest point guard to ever have played, he'd be a he'd be a darn good quarterback too plus he hails from the state of michigan mm-hmm. could have been a two-sport athlete at michigan mm-hmm. state if he wanted to uh i think he'd be great now he's reportedly part of an ownership group that might be a part of the nfl i mean if that man in with his charisma and his smile and his presence at the podium in the era in which he played in the nba he could have pulled a michael jordan and done the dual thing the dual sport thing Man, if he was your quarterback, no matter what market you were in, you would fall in love with the sport, with that man. Magic Johnson, I think, would make an incredible... Uh, quarterback. And I also believe that he would have curbed the market for traveling with your own Blender.
3: Oh my gosh, yeah, really? Yeah. Only <laughs> the real legends do that. It's Tom Pellicero travels with his Blender. We learned about him earlier. Also, like Tom Pellicero, Magic Tom, Johnson, Tom. like an electric Twitter follow. You can't miss it. True. All kinds of takes from yep. Irvin Johnson. And yes, the
4: best. absolutely. Uh, that was our edition of Hook and Lateral. Uh, we're going to not see Tom Pellicero the rest of the show because he has movies he's got to watch on his yeah. list. Yeah. Uh, We are going to have Dalvin Tomlinson joining us next on Good Morning Football. We have great guests this week, not only free agents, but also prospects, Kyle.
1: This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class.
8: put the spring back into your step and into your home too shop blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide get 40% off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply
7: at UC San Diego we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture you have to be willing to venture further out That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station, with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires and connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world, to bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu.
4: Hey, we're back on Go Ready Football. Our next guest is awesome, a well-rounded individual. He's an artist, a musician, a three-time state wrestling champion. He was offered an academic scholarship at Harvard, but he chose to go to Alabama to play football, and the rest is history. Please welcome one of the newest members of the Cleveland Browns, friend of the show, defensive tackle, Dalvin
1: Tomlinson.
9: Thank you for having me.
4: We're happy to chat with you this morning, Dalvin. So you're entering your seventh season, and last week, of course, congratulations, you signed a four-year deal to join the Browns. Why Cleveland?
9: I just looked at everything, and I just feel like uh, just the players in the scheme, I felt like it was just the right fit for me, and I'm super excited to go out there and play some football.
6: I love that. You talked about the players. You talked about the scheme. Uh, Whenever you mention a player in Cleveland Browns, I'm thinking about Miles Garrett, and you refer to him as a generational (laughs) player. What do you love most about his game, and how fired up are you to build chemistry and be on the same field as him?
9: And you know, you already know Miles is a great player. You know, he comes off the ball and goes, like it's almost impossible to stop him. You got to almost double team him in every single play because he's a, a player that demands that type of attention. And um, he's super explosive off the line of scrimmage and he can make plays anywhere on the field. So super excited to line up next to him and get some, you know, get some chemistry go.
5: Dalvin, you played alongside some great Alabama defensive players, guys like Jonathan Allen and Daron Payne. How excited are you to mm-hmm. see a young guy like Deron get his first big extension? How close do you stay in touch with those those former Crimson Tide teammates?
9: Oh, yeah, well, you know, we all be busy, but we all reach out to each other and stuff. I just reached out to him the other day, and I'm super happy for Deron. You know, that's my guy. He was uh, one of my young guys back then. But, oh. yeah, you know, you're always super happy to see your teammates, and your friends get paid and uh, – you know, he's an unbelievable ball player, always has been, and I'm super happy for drawing.
5: Alabama's pro day was yesterday. How, how did Nick Saban and the Tide help prepare you for the NFL draft? What kind of advice would you give guys like Bryce
9: Young, Will Anderson Jr., and those other draft prospects? Oh, yeah, uh, Coach Saban always did a good job to prepare you as being a pro beforehand, and um, yeah, it's just he makes it easy. The, the transition from college to the league is super easy with Coach Sidney because he pretty much demands exactly the same thing as the NFL does. And uh, the advice I give Will and all those guys is just you know just keep grounded. I know it's a long process. You went through a long season, no breaks whatsoever. Uh, you're not going to get a break anytime soon. But uh, just keep going, just keep grounded, and uh, it all pay off for itself.
4: It is, it is a long process, Dalvin, and what we hear from prospects a lot is that they're just trying to enjoy the moment. This is the one opportunity they have to show off to teams. Take us back to your draft prospect time. Specifically, we are very curious about these meetings and dinners that prospects have with teams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you have a memory of a dinner or a meal or dinner conversation that you had with the team where you walked away from that and was like, this is a very strange situation that I find myself <laughs> in right now?
9: Oh yeah, um, I would say have to say just uh, the Kanban in general. Uh, all those meetings you have with the different teams and drawing up plays and all that stuff. It was it was it was stressful, I would say the least. But um, when you walk out of those meetings, you're just like, man, this, that was crazy. But uh, it's, it's, you got to enjoy the process. It's a long process, like I said, and it's stressful. But you know, this is all going to work out. But you have to just keep going and going through it. Mm.
3: When you walk out on one of those meetings saying, wow, that was crazy, what was it about it? Was there a particular question you remember? Or, like, is this really happening moment you could share with us? We love this stuff.
9: Um, I remember when I met with the Giants. Uh, it was just uh, with Pat Graham. Um, he pretty much, like, try to put his hands on you and see if you're a defensive line. You knock his hands down off a natural instinct or something like that. Or just drawing up plays and you draw up <laughs> everything from the defensive line to the safety uh, with the wide receiver motion across the ball, like you got to show everything with every small detail of what's who's shifting, what who got what co- in the coverage and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I just felt like if I didn't know the defense so good, at Alabama it was gonna way more stressful for me.
3: Sure, you got to knock those hands down. I mean, they want to right when you walk in the room. <laughs> you are such a good guy, Alvin. You are a powerful guy too. Apparently, some of these powers you wear on your glove your right glove tell us I'm going to show you something here tell us what's behind the circles on the glove
9: oh yeah you know I'm a big Marvel guy Uh, love Marvel love DC as well but Marvel like you know I loved Iron Man and uh with all the Avengers movies and everything you know Thanos is like the super villain and everything with Infinity Gauntlet and uh, I was Infinity Stones pretty much I put on my on my glove and um I guess you could say my sack celebration is like the um, like the snap Thanos does in a um, Infinity War Avengers movie. I love
3: that. That's incredible. We want to get into how, how you feel and maybe how you power rank some of the Avengers. You know, Patrick Queen is the is the linebacker. He's a friend of our show. He's on the Ravens. He's now in your division. He likes Mm -hmm. Hawkeye. Hawkeye. He's like, that's my guy. He doesn't have any crazy superpowers. He's got his bow, and he's tough, and he can fight. But that's an interesting opinion. You don't Mm -hmm. see a lot of Hawkeye stands. Who's your guy? And, like, if you have two or three, you're like, oh, I would roll with them. Who you got?
9: Uh, Iron Man, hands down. Uh, Iron Man is my guy. Always have been. Always will be. (laughs) Why? It's just because, like, um... Even though he has a suit of armor on, he pretty much came out and said who exactly he was, and he's transparent with it. Like, he's a superhero. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm a millionaire, billionaire, playboy, all this yeah. stuff, but I'm also Iron Man. So, there's it's transparency with it, and uh, just how smart he is and everything, <laughs> and he makes everything for himself, which is crazy.
3: Mm-hmm. Plus, he tells Captain America everything special about you came out of a bottle, and he just puts him in his place. It's awesome. <laughs> you know how they do the player arrivals, and they're always filming you guys when you walk mm-hmm. in the locker room. Sometimes guys wear incredible outfits, and then on Halloween, sometimes you go nuts. Would you ever show up to a game wearing an Iron Man suit?
9: Hey, you know, you're trying to you know give stuff away for the upcoming season, you know. You might have a little thing or two oh, in the making right now. about <laughs> <tell> that?
6: <laughs> Whoa!
4: Yeah, you can buy a whole <laughs> Iron Man suit with that new contract. He's going to come
5: sh- 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 <laughs>
4: Can you imagine? Eagle. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Oh, very good. There you go. You have Kyle, you have Kyle Brand out of Hell his yeah. seat, Dalvin. We appreciate you so much. The so second... Enough with this Hawkeye <laughs> stuff. He was... <laughs>
3: That's how you got to land, land like that. That's how they all land. You know how to do it,
6: right, I got Oh, you. my
9: God. <laughs> good luck to that suit.
4: Dalvin, yeah, good luck with that, man. We appreciate you so much. Good luck this upcoming season, and congratulations once again on your deal you signed with Cleveland.
9: Congrats, man. All right, thank you.
0: The Bucks have won the NFC South two years in a row, but now with Tom Brady gone... They're looking to Baker Mayfield and offensive coordinator Dave Canales to get things right. So a lot of changes in the division, Jamie, with more changes potentially coming with the Panthers having that number one overall pick and eyeing a quarterback of the future.
4: Of course, yeah. Will, thank you so much. You know, the divisions, they take on a lot of different identities, and this isn't like a knock on the NFC South, like one of the most fascinating because of the turnover and mm-hmm. the potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a look at some of the moves that we've seen come out of the NFC South so far this offseason. Of course, you've got quarterback changes, um, both teams that c- quarterbacks that could be drafted, but also guys that have signed on. Um, Derek Carr hoping to catch on now with the Saints after his time with the Raiders. And then uh, head coaching um, opportunity at carolina of course and you know that big one with andy dalton of course you know going to the mm-hmm. others uh and what washington will do um with their quarterback uh now that taylor heineke is not there mm-hmm. um but let's say in the nfc south aside from all the signings all and right. the trades two of these teams have top 10 draft picks in this year's draft at this moment what do we think is the biggest question mark in the nfc south tom where do you go
5: i think it's the saints okay are they good Are they bad? They're Uh operating like they think they're going to be good. You look at their roster, they got 10 guys who are age 30 or over, and that includes guys like Demario Davis and Cam Jordan, Tyron Matthews 30 now. Michael Uh Thomas hasn't played in like three years. He's 30 years old. You get a veteran quarterback in Derek Carr, you're going for it. They do the same stuff with the salary cap every year, continue to roll it into the future. There is no rebuild there. The last year, they just kind of stumbled along. They were in a bad division. Yeah. They were never able to really get into it. Yeah, the Panthers, you know, it's a new going to be a new program with Frank Reich. A lot's going to be happening there. The Falcons, they've invested in that defense. We'll see. The team I got no feel for is the Saints, just in terms of what they're going to be against. Mm-hmm. They're operating like they think that they can win this year. Can they? Mm -hmm. We'll see.
6: Yeah, I think that's a huge one because you look at the Saints, they may feel like, hey, we have a good defense. We're a quarterback away. And Carr, maybe they they definitely believe he's the guy to get them there. But I look at the Atlanta Falcons. They're a team that have made a ton of moves in free agency this offseason, bringing in guys that are familiar with the coaching staff and guys that they feel can really help them win right now. And I look at a guy at the top, Taylor Heineke. They brought him over coming from the commanders. And now they have Desmond Ritter there who got a chance to play last season and flash he showed them something i think they're excited about mariota started for most of the season had a knee injury, left the team. There were a lot of things going on with that. But if I'm the Atlanta Falcons, what do I have in quarterback Desmond Ritter? Can he come and be our full-time starter this year and lead this team and possibly win this division? Because if I'm the Atlanta Falcons, I'm looking like, yeah, okay, dirt cars in our division, but we still believe that we can be the team to beat here because of how potent they were with their run game. And they were less talented last year as a football team, and Arthur Smith found a way to get the most out of them. So now with Desmond Ritter possibly being the full-time starter there, how far can they go as a football team and how much can they grow from last season?
4: Tom, I think the way you started your segment with your team it could apply to literally every team <laughs> Yes, in the are they good? Are they good? I don't know. Are they bad? Mm. I don't have a feel for them. I'm going to go to Tampa Bay with this because Baker Mayfield is at risk of becoming the Baker Mayfield experience mm. to now he's the experiment mm. and I needed to swing back the other way to the experience because Baker Mayfield's a really fun quarterback to watch. This is on his fourth team in nine months He went Browns to the NFC South with the Panthers, then to the Rams for a cup of coffee. Oh, and he also won a game for him. And now he's in Tampa Bay. Did Tom Brady make Todd Bowles a good coach? Is Todd Bowles already a good head coach? What's going on with the Bowles head coaching experience in Tampa Bay? is is Baker Mayfield the guy that they are going to commit to or is he a stopover? What do the what do the Buccaneers do in the draft? This team is wildly confusing. They had great wide receivers last year. Yeah. The whole season, the question marks around in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady at quarterback was so many. The list was so long. Now you got Baker Mayfield at mm. quarterback. I can't imagine the list is going to get any shorter when it comes to these questions. To me, the list is long, therefore the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the biggest question in the NFC mm. south.
3: I think there's a thousand of them, though, yeah. because I yeah. think in, in each division, when you start the year, there's always at least one team that like holds serve, like mm-hmm. same coach, same quarterback. Mm-hmm. We're just going to run it back. None of them do. And I, I think there's a temptation to just look here and be like, put Derek Carr and they're going to be great. You could have done the same thing last year with Matt Ryan to the Colts. It sometimes just doesn't work out. It just yeah. doesn't take off, even though you're like, what do you mean? We got a veteran court. It just doesn't work out that way. I think the biggest question is what we've been talking about. We're going to continue talking about who the Panthers drafting at number one. Yeah. Who is going to be this guy? Because what if he is, what if he is a guy and he comes and starts chucking it? The Carolina Panthers know better than anybody. You take quarterback number one overall in the draft. Sometimes they're immediately a superstar. Do you remember Cam Newton's first football game ever at the <laughs> professional level? He set a record that still stands. He threw over four hundred yards in his first NFL game ever. It's awesome. He goes to Steve Smith, who's not been our colleague for years. This is how long ago this was. Carolina knows what it's like to get one number one and just start them, run them out, there, and holy crap, this guy can play. Mm. Now, that Carolina team was not perfect, and they lost a bunch of games, but they weren't playing against this division. Mm-hmm. What the hell are the Falcons really doing a quarterback? We just showed Heineke and Ritter and Jay, who the hell knows? <laughs> Baker Mayfield and Trask recycled, repurposed Derek Carr, and then the number one overall pick? I I think it's It's completely up for grabs. I I don't know if any of this is working. I don't. I don't know if any of that is working. This one I think is dubious. This one is at least mysterious and exciting. Pick the division winner right now. Pick the best quarterback in the division right now. I guess it's Derek Carr. Massive change. Change of scenery. Different team. We'll see if that works out. But definitely the most interesting division Mm -hmm. right now is see her in March. Mm
4: -hmm. And again... Not an insult. It's just, like, the haul it, you can have it. Some it people is what are it like, is. it is what it is. But, like, the potential is there.
3: Not everybody can be the AFC East, guys. I'm sorry. Someday we'll get Or there. what
4: we tried to do with the AFC West last right. year, but it didn't yes. pan out. It did not all. pan out. Um, listen to this man. He's wearing a Princeton sweatshirt, so you have to believe him. He's Tigers very, very tonight. smart.
1: It's very, very F. Scott smart. Fitzgerald, my guy. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class.
7: At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station, with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires and connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world to bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at UCSD.edu. Okay, quick math.
4: NFL Network, of course, was on hand yesterday at Alabama's Pro Day. You can catch it on NFL Plus, any of the Pro Days. Um, but they were there to get a closer look at head coach Nick Saban's standouts heading into the NFL draft. Our own Mike Garofalo and Steve Smith Sr. caught up with Coach Saban and asked him his impressions of quarterback Bryce Young.
10: Uh, Bryce always watched the previous game before the coaches watched it, and he was always in on Sunday to try to figure out what are we going to do against the next team. Hmm. And what's the thoughts, what's the ideas? And, um, you know, Bryce was as smart and as well-prepared as our entire coaching staff. I think our coaches did a great job of helping develop that in him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this past year, he was as good as um, having a coach on the field.
6: That's incredible. You see that level of preparation
5: from a college quarterback, and I know that that's something that has NFL teams excited. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about at least a few of these other guys. Will Anderson, uh, not working out today, but put on a show at the Combine, uh, about as pro-ready as you can expect from an edge rusher?
10: Well, I think Will Anderson is... I can't say enough good things about the guy. <laughs> I mean, as a person, as a character, as a leader, the work ethic, uh, example that he sets for his teammates, he cares about his teammates. Mm. I mean, the fact that he and Bryce played in the bowl game, I mean, when guys are opting out and they're both probably top five Mm. picks, I mean, that speaks volumes of what they care, how they care about their team. Uh, Nobody could represent this university any better than he has, but... He's a throwback. He's like 20 years ago, Steve, guys, the way guys mm. went about playing football. Ooh. You know, the competitive character that they have and how important it is to them. And I just can't say enough good things about him. And the guy can rush the passer. He is big. He can, you know, beat you around the edge, but he can also turn speed to power. So I think he's going to have a great career.
4: That's really interesting stuff. That was awesome for That's Mike great. and Steve to get mixed up in there. Um Nick Saban's a coach in college and his stint with the pros, like when he has something to say about his players, A, he doesn't have to go out of his way to give any kind of feedback or analysis. But when he speaks on them, you want to know what he has to say because of his uh, storied tenure as a coach in football. Uh, what did you make of what Saban had to say about his guys?
5: I'm just entertained anytime that Nick Saban speaks on camera because no one makes better eye contact with the camera than Nick Saban. Uh, he's also a guy who has a great reputation among NFL teams because he gives them the actual feedback Mm. and it's a two way street so Nick is known he's very accommodating when NFL scouts come through he gives them a ton of access he also will lean on the teams to actually be able to tell his players hey you should come out you're going to be a top five pick you're going to be a first rounder or hey You're not going to go in the first round. You should come back to school. That's part of the reason they've had so much success at Alabama is not just because they run this pro-style program, but also because of that interaction back and forth between the NFL. So for him to talk about Bryce Young that glowingly about being more prepared than the coaching staff – That's the sincere opinion of Nick Saban. He's not going to go out of his way, as you said, to give compliments if they're not due. And so, you know, certainly Bryce Young is one of the best he's had come through that program.
3: And we've never really heard him say that specific compliment before. And he's here every single year. Last year, he had two guys in the top 12. Next year, he'll have three guys in the top 12. He does it consistently. I like the throwback compliment. You don't hear that word a lot. Like, that is something that defensive coaches. We saw him talking with Dan Quinn, who coaches Micah Parsons, who looks a lot like him. I love that. I love the, the uh watches the film before the coaches because the whole caricature of Nick Saban and his staff is on to the next one, on to the next one, don't even enjoy this one, and yet he's still beating him. I, I have a question um, about Bryce Young, and I'll ask you, Jamie, specifically, because you've been around him. Soft-spoken. Mm-hmm. Seems like a really thoughtful, nice guy. The question will come up, does he have that bleeper bleeper in him you know what i mean he's done it on the highest stage but when you see someone who sits down who not only is small in stature but also is soft-spoken and is not fill up the room big personality let's go let's kill these guys let's go down the field and score a touchdown does he think that he has that listen he's the worst most beaten to death cliche ever does he have that dog in him as a human being
4: I think the unique thing about Bryce Young as a quarterback and a leader at the best college football program is that he doesn't need to have that because what, he, what draws his teammates to him and coaches to him is not that he freaks out in a moment like that and starts screaming at guys mm-hmm. and starts whatever. Because I remember in games where Alabama was down or was close and, I, and you're kind of sitting there and you're like, oh, God, this isn't good. And then you go, I, look, I watch Bryce Young. I watch him from the huddle to the bench, whatever. Calm. The entire time. I don't know if it's the California cool. I don't know if it's preparedness. Uh I don't know what it is. Uh The kid has not, the young man has not changed since the day that I met him four years ago. He is the same. He speaks the same. He acts the same. They've lost in national championships. He's won the Heisman. He's the same. And when when he walks around campus like that, when he... He came and played a game of pig once when it was a story that we did for CBS that he wasn't even the the feature. The feature was a defensive back, Jordan Battle, who's also in this draft. Jordan and I were supposed to play pig. And I'm like, who else do you want to bring? Who does he bring? Bryce Young and Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams was sleeping in the locker room. He's like, come on, let's go play. Now he's playing for the Lions. And Bryce Young came, he lost in the game, and he stayed, and he kept participating, and he kept chattering, and he just mm-hmm. he's a teammate guy, and guys want to mm-hmm. be around him. He doesn't have to be boisterous. He doesn't have to sure. go out of his way. Mm-hmm. They are drawn to him from a magnetic sense.
6: I love that you asked that question, though, because he's playing at Alabama, and when you get a chance to play at Alabama, some of the best players in the country surround you. Like we just said, there's two players on one team that are probably going to go in the top five. So when you ask that question, it's more of a matter of like, all right, at Alabama, you didn't need to do it because there were so many blue-chip players around you. But now you get drafted, whether it's first overall, whether it's second overall, You get drafted, and this team may not be nearly as talented compared to the other 31 teams in the NFL. So now what is it about you, those special traits, those intangibles, that'll help lift everybody around you Mm. to now we can compete and play above maybe our talent level, and sometimes what we say in the league, above maybe even our coaching level, to be able to go out there and compete each and every Sunday. So, and I'm not saying he does or doesn't have it. I think that's the question you ask for a lot of these quarterbacks, big, small, whatever the case is, of now when stuff gets going and it gets tough, do you have the genetic makeup to lift everybody up? And some of that is maybe being loud in certain moments. And it doesn't mean you have to stand in front of the room and give this amazing speech. Sometimes we watch on Sundays and we see the guy that's the vocal, the rah-rah, and say, that's the leader of the team. You have no idea who's the person behind closed doors, maybe getting after somebody or doing those things. So I think the way Nick Saban talks about him says a lot. The success he's had in college says a lot. So it'll be really fun to see uh, kind of mm-hmm. what he becomes mm-hmm. and what Will Anderson as well, a throwback player. Like, that's just, cool. yeah. for a historic coach to say that, that, that's amazing. That's a guy you want in your locker room mm-hmm. on the football field playing in the front seven, oh, yeah. manhandling offensive linemen.
4: The fact that these are the two guys that we're talking about coming out of Alabama this season brings me back to a scene from January of 21 mm-hmm. when Alabama loses the national championship to Georgia and Bryce Young and Will Anderson are the ones at the podium answering to the no, team's loss and oh, yeah, Saban's yeah, yeah. sitting there. And everyone says, thanks, coach, goes to get up. What does Saban do? Could have just kept going. He goes, I just can't. And he goes, can I say something? Mm -hmm. Yeah, coach, you can say anything you want. And he stops the media and says, these two young men are going to answer for this team. But this one game does not define them. This is who they are. Will Anderson has gone on to say that that changed his relationship, that moment with Nick Saban. And the fact that he's still talking about them a year plus later speaks to their skill.
1: This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class.
7: Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success.
0: From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.